This is In Residence, Town Hall Conversations. I'm Steve Scher. Photographer Mary Randlett is known for her intimate portraits. She photographed Theodore Rethke in 1963 when he asked her to take his pictures at his Seattle home. These were the last pictures of the poet, and they garnered international attention. She's taken pictures of Jacob Lawrence, Mark Toby, Morris Graves, George Sudakawa, among many others. Mary Randlett is known for her landscape photographs as well, but both collections reveal a connection to the Northwest. Frances McHugh is an award-winning poet, an essayist, and an arts instigator, as she calls herself. She was the founding director of the Richard Hugo House. She now teaches at the University of Washington's undergraduate honors program. She has written the essays that accompany Mary Randlett's photographs in a new book, Mary Randlett Portraits. The book is published by the University of Washington Press. A number of the portraits are hanging at the UW Press offices, which is where I met Frances McHugh, to talk about her work with Mary Randlett, to talk about the pictures, and to find out what it is to be an arts instigator. People call you up and say, I need a little help. I'm stuck in this idea of creating this event. One of my um, favorite um, episodes was with Leonard Garfield at Mohai, and he called me and asked to um, help invigorate uh, the Century 21 exhibit for the new museum. So I got to work with him for almost a year um, before they moved to the new museum. What what uh, was your impact? What did you do? Well, I realized that the, that the exhibit needed a flavor of the diversity of the Northwest, so I um, pulled together storytelling circles from people from all over the city who had never heard of Mohai or been to Mohai and represented all kinds of different communities. And to do that, I went to the Starbucks on 23rd and Union and hung out there for about a week and made friends. And then I got all the taxi drivers to come and people told stories and then we documented what people said and um, they're in the community tower now at Mohai. All the little pictures and tapes of what came out of those storytelling sessions. We're standing in front of a wall of all these photographs of all these greats. Well, how do they fit into that notion that you just talked about, arts instigating? Well, you know, Mary Ranlett has been working for a long time. She's been taking photos for 80 years, and she's known for her landscapes, and she cares a lot about taking landscape pictures, and she's still taking them. Uh, But these portraits, um, though they're really visible here in the UW Press Hall, have been a little bit buried. And, um, you know, she started taking these portraits in 1949, and they go all the way up to this year. And um, I'm interested in instigating their, the foregrounding of them in our region. I think there are almost 200,000 Mary Randlett images in special collections in the UW libraries. And I don't know, it feels like there might be almost that many in her garage that I've been going through for two years with her. So they document an incredible time in this region, a time when there were relationships that connected people deeply and everyone knew each other almost. All right, so here's an example. Describe this picture and who's in it. Okay, we're looking at a black and white portrait, as these all are, done on real film. And on the left is seated a leggy blonde woman named Marion Willard. And in the middle, we have a sort of a brooding Morris Graves who's sort of folded over at, at a table that they're sharing. And then Mark Toby um, is sitting on the other side. And Mark Toby is leaning over and petting a little dog named Edith Sitwell, who's named named after the poet Edith Sitwell, but it's a nice pun on for a dog to sit well. 
Mark Toby and Morris Graves are two of the greatest painters to come out of our region, and this is the only time they were ever photographed together. What's their connection outside this picture? The story that Mary Ranlett tells is that her mother, Elizabeth Bailey Willis, knew Marion Willard, the woman in the paint in the um, sorry in the photograph, and Marion Willard directed a big gallery in New York that was super hot, and. Um, she brought Graves and Toby's work into her gallery in New York, and that sort of opened them further, you know, their work to a bigger audience. Where was this taken? This was taken in Woodway Park in Edmonds um, at Mary Ramlett's family's home. Now, the whole reason, this is super cool, the whole reason that Mary Ramlett ended up meeting Morris Graves is because he lived next door on a piece of property, um, and he didn't have a telephone. So he used to come over and borrow Mary Ranlett's grandparents' telephone. Was she taking pictures even then? Uh, she was sort of, she was shy at that point. She was only 25, and it was uh, Mary's mother who nudged her into photographing Graves and Toby. How did Mary decide, this is what I'm going to devote my life to, documenting the Northwest and the people, the artists in it? Well, I think a couple of things happened. One was that her mother was very involved in the art. She had run the Henry Gallery at one point, and um, she was pulling Mary along on different adventures. So this photograph in 1949, and then another one of Henry Miller um, is super important. So Mary's mother basically said to her, get your camera, you're going to take Henry Miller's photograph. (laughs) Mary and her mother were in a car driving north, Uh, from California and I think Mary had gone down to photograph something having to do with the slow motion the hydroplane boat and on the way back her mother said turn up here we're going to go up to Partington Ridge off of Big Sur and we're going to see Henry Miller and his family and stay with him and you're going to photograph him so Mary um, obeyed her mother, and she took this photograph of Henry Miller, and I love it because it's in the bright sun, and he's wearing a baseball cap, and his chinos are filthy, and he's got a cigarette that he's... I, I love it when people can talk through the side of their mouth with a cigarette in it. And he's doing that, and he's got his little boy a few feet away, a little blonde child running through the garden. And he's looking at him with such affection and I love it because at that time his books were banned. Henry Miller's books were banned in the U.S. And he was only publishing in France. And then you have this little tender picture of him in a, outside a garden shed. So that's how she got her start. You know, and then on either side, she's got these other amazing writers. There's Carolyn Kaiser there, and there's Rethke there. She Did she also know these folks? Yeah, so... Um, Rettke in 1963, when she did this session with Rettke, Mary's career as a portrait artist really got launched. And she needed the money. Um, Mary divorced, and she had four children, and um, she photographed a lot of people in our region. And this book only fo- you know, focuses on artists and writers and arts patrons. But <laughs> let me tell you about these. So Carolyn Kaiser, the great poet, Uh, considered one of the four great Northwest poets of that time. Um, Mary says she changed outfits a lot during the session, and she had just gotten back from Pakistan, so she kept putting on new robes. Why do you think Mary liked this picture of Kaiser looking up? Well, Kaiser's personality is super, uh, you know, she's formidable, she's regal, and she's Mm. a great art collector. I think above her is a painting by Leo Kenny. Um, And so I think it captures this kind of grand dom, you know, looking up, uh, chin tilted up, 
It's uh, very Kaiser. And then there's, I think in all Mary's great portraits, there's a little bit of vulnerability. Like there's something just a little bit open in that photograph, even amidst the formality. Do you see that in this Retke picture too? Okay, the Retke pictures are spooky because, for a couple reasons, um, these were the last photographs ever taken of him. Really? So he died a few weeks later. He drowned in the Bloedel swimming pool, which, you know, that is now the Bloedel Reserve on Bainbridge Island. But here he looks very brooding. He's wearing a dark coat. He's um, symbolically plucking at some rose bushes. Um, and he wrote about roses a lot. So this is taken at his home. And, you know, he just, he was bipolar. You know, he had a lot of challenges. So it catches him on his broody side. But the other spooky thing is the picture in the book um, has him feigning a nap. And he looks dead in it, but he's supposed to be napping. And um, it's never been published before because Mary thought the photograph would be in bad taste after he died to give it to the news outlets. They were clamoring for photographs of Retke, and um, Mary would tell you that she beat out Imogen Cunningham for the the photograph for his obituary. I mean, there is the vulnerability in that picture, too. Totally vulnerable. Brooding, but his, his jaw, his mouth. Absolutely. Did she, did she have a particular... Do you think she that was her ability? She knew when to clip, click the uh, shutter to get that vulnerability? Yeah, and you know, I'm going to speculate something here that I haven't said before, but... I think Mary felt vulnerable taking pictures and that when she's behind a camera asking other people to, you know, let themselves be photographed, I think she becomes vulnerable and the subject feels that. Hmm. How did she come to be photographing uh, Gwen Knight and Jacob Lawrence? Uh, isn't that fantastic? And this is... Jacob Lawrence, as, as you know, uh, was a professor at the University of Washington and one of the great painters. But, you know, the more I found out about them, I mean, they really touched a part of history um, and brought it to the Northwest. They were both in Harlem during the waning days of the Harlem Renaissance. And so it's, it's amazing that they came out here and, you know, lived out their lives here. And I think that's another feature of Mary's photographs is they sort of pull this history along with them that you can see. This is a pretty straightforward portrait, though, of them compared to, like, the one right next to it of Morris Graves, which is evoking Morris Graves' moods and and his paintings. I do think it's more formal. She has another one of him standing in a stairwell at his studio um, that feels warmer. But I think, you know, she didn't know the Lawrences. And so I think the portraits that feel a little bit more formal are people whom she did not know. Did she know to- my, my friend Tony Angel? Yes. Because there is Tony Angel here, yes. the artist, carving one of his great sort of signature pieces, a bird on a, out of a, yeah, out of wood, right? Did she know him? Oh, yeah. She's a, she's a really good friend of Tony Angel's. Yeah. So you can feel that, and you can feel it with Guy Anderson, and, and um, did she know Callahan? She did know Ken Callahan because that surely comes across in Callahan in his studio. He's just yeah, laughing. That is a super warm photograph. And you know, the other thing I love is that when artists are in the place where they make work in a Mary Ranlett photograph, the texture of the background starts to blend with the texture of the artist's clothing, 
And um, you can see it here. There's some paintings that Callahan's working on behind him. And um, the kind of gray and black hues of them and the abstraction just starts to, to blend in with his gray sweater. And hmm. I, I love that feeling. You said that you found that in a Sudakawa. Yeah, in the Sudakawa. I I love George Sudakawa's sweaters, but that's a whole different book. Um, (laughs) But in in the photograph uh, in the book of George Sudakawa, there are two. uh, He's standing on his porch in one, and then in the other, he's elderly and standing by a piece at Seattle U. I like to see the book of George Sudakawa's sweaters. Why did it matter to you to be a part of, to instigate this, but also write the profiles around the these artists that are in Mary Randlett's portraits, the book by Utah Press? Well, you know, I, I walked into this because Pat Soden from the UW Press um, encouraged me to do my Richard Hugo book with Mary Randlett, and he had a glimmer in his eye when he said, I want you to do this book, and I want you to do it with Mary Randlett, because you guys would be a funny pair. And our friendship really took off. We spent two weeks in Montana together, and you know, that was eight years ago or six years ago, and um, I realized the more I got to know her um, how much work she'd done and how important it was, and um, so I pitched this book, and the press was really kind and encouraged it. What was that book called? Uh, the Car That Brought You Here Still Runs, and it's a it's a travel memoir slash poetry criticism slash biography of Richard Hugo. Yeah. And, it's a and mashup. And the Northwest, yeah. and these and these uh, and communities the of the Northwest that were yeah. that are struggling now and struggled mm-hmm. then. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, do you do any of those themes come through in the the accumulation of these portraits? Well, I think interestingly, the places in um, in the portrait photographs typically are where the artists live, so you get a flavor of a lot of uh, downtown Seattle and then you get a feeling of the Skagit Valley and Fishtown and more rural places. So not as much the small towns um, but definitely that ache of northwest landscape Mm. is in here. What did you discover in writing about these people? About yourself or about them? Uh, It was important for me to, like, um, shrug off nostalgia because I felt jealous that uh, this was an era when everyone knew each other and hung out and um, the relationships were were tight and fraught and loving and weird and they were palpable. Yeah, really? You feel like that's gone? You don't think people are going to take 40 years from now and say Francis McHugh and uh, Matthew Stadler and... uh, uh, John Kazanjian and uh, you know, and, and have, are still creating art of the Northwest? Maybe so. Maybe it's because we see this through the lens of one person's perspective that makes them so wonderful. Um, I don't know. I hope so. Do you think the cultures of art are that different from 40 or 60 years ago as today, from today in the Northwest? Well, I certainly think it's way more vibrant and diverse and exciting. And I know that when I set foot, say, in the Royal Room or when I go to uh, the Henry or, you know, when I step outside my own art form of literature, um, I feel like a, a huge door opening. Like, oh, this is an enormous and tight community. So it's an amazing place to live at my time. During my time, Um, Mary Ranlett, I think, has said many times that she's glad she lived when she did, 
because it felt small to her. And that smallness allowed her what? To get the intimacy she wanted? Yeah, I think so. It allowed her to call people up and say, can I take your picture? That's how she became friends with Eve Trium and um, Denise Levertov, although Denise Levertov never let her take her picture. Uh, Denise Levertov didn't like to have her picture taken, but they became friends over the fact that she wouldn't let Mary take her photograph. <laughs> That's got to be hard for a photographer, especially one who's nervous themselves about yeah. putting a camera in people's face. How did yeah. she overcome that, by the way? She, or did she ever overcome it? I think she's still nervous about it. Um, and she has the solace of taking landscape photos. Yeah, yeah. So what does she think about having the, what was the phrase you used, getting them foregrounded? She is thrilled that there's a portraits book, and um, she can't believe that I would spend that much time writing and caring for it, I think. And then another part of her knows how important these people are, and she's glad to have them out, I think. What did you think about spending all that time writing about it? Well, you know, I tell Mary's children that it was really a project that was secretly about spending time with Mary Ranlett. And that spending time with an elder artist who has touched this kind of history um, is an unbelievable experience. I think everyone should adopt an elder artist and hang out with them for a long time. All right, pick one more. So do you know who this guy is? Nope. This is Lee Soper. Leroy Soper, who is actually the same age as Mary Ranlett. How old is that? He's 90, going to turn 91. So here he is standing, kind of seated in the university bookstore. Um, He's posing along a shelf of art books. He was the longtime manager of the university bookstore. So he was kind of Rick Mm. Simonson from Mm. Elliott Bay in in those days. And when Lee was working, um, he was the epicenter of writers coming to the Northwest. So if someone wanted to come to the Northwest and give a reading or promote a new book, Lee Soper was the go-to man, and he knew all the writers here. So he was friends with Tim Egan, Ivan Doy, Tom Robbins. And I love this photograph because he's, um, you can see he's super warm, and all of his body language is formal. He's wearing a suit, and he works at the university bookstore. I mean, imagine. And he has a dark suit and tie, and just a, a glimmer of warmth, and he's posed in front of art books. But Lee Soper is, um, he's living now at Horizon House, and um, hes he was involved in this book. He was telling me, you know, what was a good idea to include, or if my tone was off, he would tell me. And uh, because he was the center of, of literature, I mean, I'm gravitate, I gravitated to him sure. instantly. Sure. When was your tone off? Well, I think I think it was a little off when I would uh, write a lot about Mary and then I needed to pull back and come back to the artist because she's endlessly fascinating. How come? Um, because she says exactly what's on her mind and you know how rare that is. Even now? Did yeah, she back absolutely. then? You, would, you don't think, know, do you know? I think then, I mean, she also says things like the, the artist gave her an eye to see so that for her, getting to know these artists was a way of seeing the Northwest in a way that she hadn't before, even though she was from here. I mean, Mary Ranlett's grandfather was born on the Oregon Trail. And here's the way she would say it. She, she has the grammar of it. She says, 
Yeah, my grandfather Willis was born on the Oregon Trail outside of Fort Walla Walla on the Mullen Road. I mean, who says that? Yeah. That's ancient. Yeah. It's really great. Yeah. So you find that history in these pictures. Yeah, absolutely. It tingles with them. Francis, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. What a pleasure. Mary Randlett's Portraits is being issued by the University of Washington Press. I talked to Francis McHugh at the press's offices where many of those portraits are hanging. You can see more of the pictures Tuesday, October 14th at 7.30 at Town Hall. Mary Randlett and Francis McHugh, Images of the Northwest. This is In Residence, Conversations from Town Hall. I'm Steve Scherer.